What up, people? It is Sunday, October 4th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast, so let's talk. Um, a lot has gone on once again since the last podcast a week or so ago, so let's jump right into it. Uh, the first thing that happened last week was uh, Trump's taxes were released uh, by a third party, and I can't think, I think it was the New York Times that released them, but I'm not 100% sure on that, but a few interesting things came out, um, this dude is not as rich as he claims to be, which that's no surprise, uh, he has 400 million in loans that are coming due pretty soon, that's not a surprise either, but one of the surprises was 10 out of the last 15 years, he's managed to pay nothing in taxes. And a couple of those years, I think the year he was, after he was elected, uh, he paid $750 in taxes total in federal income tax. $750. Uh, But yet, this is the same person that same year criticized President Obama for paying 20.5% of his pay and taxes, and this fool only pays $750 total. Uh, the majority of Americans pay way more than that. Uh, this is just another indication that there are many, too many tax loopholes for big corporations, if you can get away with that. Uh, of course, his supporters are defending it. A lot of congressmen and senators are defending the fact that he's smart enough to only pay and I heard, you know, a lot of people talking about it saying that they wish that's all they could pay. I don't necessarily believe that at all. I have no issue paying my fair share of taxes as long as large corporations and people like him pay their fair share as well. It makes no sense that teachers, um, people like me in my tax bracket, uh, pay more than Amazon, Google, Jeff Bezos, Trump, all of these other people. Uh, It just makes no sense. So the reason I support payroll taxes is because of what is done with those funds. Payroll taxes, uh, or federal taxes, you know, take care of federal government, uh, federal programs like fire department, police officers, things of that nature, your roads, libraries, your national parks. Um, So that has to be paid somehow. Um, But I think we would be in a better situation if Amazon and Google and the airline industry and all of these large corporations paid their fair share. Uh, But there are too many loopholes to where they can write off a lot of stuff. And I think they even said that one year uh, Trump got $70 million refund back. And that makes no sense. So I don't care about lowering my taxes at the moment. Yeah, if they can, that's fine. But I'm more uh, on the side of making everyone and these large corporations pay their fair share. And I think that will put everyone in a better situation overall. Because what we come to find out um, with the trickle-down economics does not work. So you have these large companies and CEOs that... uh, they write off all of this stuff in taxes. They save all of this money, but that money does not trickle down to their employees. 
and what we find is that you know they want you to do more work with less uh, so they can keep those profits and it's just not fair so uh, the taxes were released that ended up being a big deal um, but as everything has been with this administration the next day it was something else and that next day was this train wreck of a debate between Trump and Joe Biden uh, was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I hope they don't even debate again because it was such a huge waste of time. And my concern going into the debate is uh, was with Biden and how he would handle the antics of Trump. And I felt like he handled it pretty well. I mean, there were a couple of times he got caught up in the nonsense, but Trump just spouted lie after lie after lie. And, you know, when it was fact-checked, um, probably 70% or more of his statements were false. And it's just, it's sad. I mean, it's just sad that this is where we are at this point where you can't believe the words coming out of the president's mouth. Um, but just some of the highlights from the, the debate, uh, Trump continues his assault on the election mail-in ballots. Uh, he continues to talk about election fraud, which has been proven to be not true. All of his attacks on the mail-in ballot system has been false. Uh, and it has been proven to be false, but he continues, he once said that if you tell them enough, they'll eventually believe it. And he's true to that because he continues to tell you a lie and all of his supporters will believe that lie and they'll spout that as if it's true without doing their own research and listening to the experts. Um, and then he said something about in West Virginia, there were postal workers selling ballots which makes no sense. I mean, I've never heard of a mailman come to my door saying, hey, do you want to buy this ballot? That, that just doesn't make sense at all. It, it just, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's irrational, but it's just another thing to put fear and try to uh, discredit mail-in voting. And I'll give my thoughts on that, why he's doing it in just a second. But what happened in West Virginia was there was a postal worker who took some ballots and changed them from Democrats to Republicans. So that only helps him. So the issue he brought up is an issue that helps him. So it doesn't even make sense to even bring it up. But um, I think what he's trying to do is invalidate these um, mail-in ballot results so it can eventually go to the Supreme Court where he's tried to confirm and she probably will be confirmed a replacement for Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and it will tip in his favor if it goes to the Supreme Court. That's why I think it's important. Uh, my opinion is everyone who can physically go to a polling location, please do that because uh, they're going to try to find a way to invalidate the mail-in ballots. I have, I truly believe that he basically said that uh, in the debate that they're going to try to figure out. That's why he's pushing that. He's been pushing it for months and everything is rigged unless he wins. 
and that's the narrative he pushed in 2016. That's the narrative he's putting out there now. Because, like he said, if you said enough, they'll believe it, uh, regardless if it's the truth or not. So I think that's why he's trying to push this uh, Supreme Court nomination through, so he can stack the Supreme Court in his favor, and they will try to discredit and get a lot of the mail-in ballots thrown out. Eventually, the um, the choice will be up to the Supreme Court whether to validate them or not, and he'll have the majority, and they'll rule in his favor. Um, and again, this is he's pretty much said that verbatim. Uh, and that moves to my next topic of the Supreme Court nominee and the hypocrisy of Republicans with this nomination. Uh, as you recall, in 2016, um, Obama had uh, a position to fill and he nominated Mary Garland. Mitch McConnell came out and said, and multiple Republican senators came out and said, you cannot, um, you cannot confirm a justice with a life position. This is a lifetime position uh, on the Supreme Court in the last year of, or, or in an election year, or in the last year of your presidency. That's the, that's what they used as a precedent. They said it's never been done. Um, but now all of a sudden they've changed their tune since you have a Republican held Senate and Republican in the White House. Now they're changing their tune and Trump brought it up in the debate saying, well, you know, I'm president for four years, not three and a half, so I have every right to do it. But they did not give that same consideration to Obama. But again, I personally feel like I'm more of an independent than a Democrat, but at this moment, I'm definitely a Democrat. Uh, I'm voting on the Democratic ticket, but Democrats need to learn how to play that game too. Uh, and I'm not saying to not have morals or anything like that or go back on your word, but these people tend to play very dirty in politics. And I just can't for the life of me understand why all of these people, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Jeff Jordan, Matt Geist, all of these people basically sold their soul to the devil for power. And I just don't get it. I don't see how these people sleep at night or how they can look themselves in the mirror with some of the things that they do and the hypocrisy that they show. But they do. I mean, it, it's um, it's mind-boggling in a way, the hypocrisy that's going on. And we just let them do it. And I also think there needs to be term limits in the House and the Senate. Um, I think 16, 20 years should be sufficient, but you shouldn't be able to be in the Senate 40 years. I just don't agree with that at all because that that's how you continue to end up with old white men making these laws about things that don't affect them. Um, something else that came out was Trump ending the racial sensitivity training um, for the staffers because he said that's racist because racial sensitivity training teaches people to hate their country, which is absolute nonsense. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. But um, the biggest issue for the night that came up was uh, the white supremacy. And I'm sure everyone knows what happened with that by now. Um, 
Chris Wallace asked him about, you know, how he continues to denounce the Antifa and Black Lives Matter and things, uh, organizations like that, but he has not denounced any of the white supremacists that support him. And Chris Wallace was saying that, would you tell them to stop going to the uh, marches and basically starting trouble? Will you denounce them? And he sidestepped it. Initially, he said, well, sure, he would. They said, okay, well, do it. And he said, well, who do you want me to call him? Who do you want me to say? And Joe Biden said, the Proud Boys. He said, well, the Proud Boys, uh, what did he say? Stand aside and stand by something of that nature. He said, stand back and stand by. Which they in turn took that as a directive from their leader. And they said, yes, sir, we'll be standing by. And they start printing that as a slogan on a lot of their material t-shirts and hats and stuff like that. Stand back and stand by. That's not denouncing anything. And then you have the supporters coming out saying that, oh, well, he misspoke and he's uh, denounced them in the past. And how many times does he have to denounce them? Well, if it's something that you're against, whenever you're asked, that's when you need to denounce it. You can ask me every day of the week. Will I denounce white supremacy and I'll denounce it if I'm not for it and I'm not. But his uh, stand back and stand by did not denounce white supremacy, which honestly, why would he do that when that's the majority of his base? He likes the chaos going on and then he calls himself the law and order president and how um, he's wanting people to live in fear Uh, he talked about you know people taking over the suburbs and stuff like that and and he just he wants people to live in fear he enjoys this chaos and he's counting on the uneducated people and I don't mean um, based on if you went to college or not I mean based on if you've done your own research concerning what he's saying that's what I mean by uneducated he loves those people he wants people that he can just say something and they'll automatic, automatically believe it without doing their own research. And that's one of the biggest problems. And that's why I find this to be more of a cult because no matter what he says, no matter how many times you put facts and truth in their face, they still won't believe you because of what he said. They'll believe anything he says. Uh, and then... Later in the week, we find out, well, let me back up. During the debate, they brought up the whole mask and mask mandates. And Trump was like, yeah, I wear a mask. He pulled the mask out of his pocket. And he said, but you see, Joe, he's always had the mask on. He has the biggest mask I've ever seen. Well, two days later, it comes out that this fool uh, diagnosed with COVID. Him, his wife... A bunch of people at a fundraiser he had after the debate, a couple of days after the debate. Um, in total, I think I've heard since last Thursday about 10 or so, 10 plus people who are close to him who contracted COVID. None of these people were wearing masks. His family refused to wear a mask at the debate. Um, and at this particular fundraiser they had in the Rose Garden, you didn't see anybody with masks on. And he went there knowing that uh, Hope Hicks, 
who's like his assistant or whatever she is, she had tested positive. So he, in turn, basically affected a bunch of other people. Knowing it because they didn't have masks on. And for me, if somebody dies, I would think that should be like a manslaughter or attempted murder charge or something. Because I find that similar to if you know you have HIV and you sleep with somebody and don't tell them. I mean, to me, it's the same thing. Um, but now, with him having COVID, that's been in the news cycle. So, of course, they stopped talking about the taxes. They stopped talking about him uh, being unwilling to denounce um, white supremacy. And my initial thought when I heard it was he was lying to change the news cycle. Because at this point, when you think something as serious as COVID, that somebody's lying about it, um, it's sad that that's the feeling I have concerning the President of the United States because I don't believe anything he says and you can't trust the words coming from him or his administration because they've lied so much. Uh, then he flew to Walter Reed Hospital and then other cases start coming out about other people that were around him that have contracted it. Um, and now his supporters want sympathy and empathy for him. I have none. It's not that I wish any ill feelings on him. I wish him the karma he deserves. Because if you remember back in 2016, during his um, campaign against Hillary, he mocked Hillary for having the flu. He mocked her because she stumbled getting into one of her uh, vehicles. He mocked her. So the person that has never apologized for anything, that constantly talks about people and degrade them, now they want sympathy and empathy for this fool? I can't help, I can't do it. And I had a long talk with my mom yesterday and she's the sweetest person in the world. And my thing was, I think Democrats are too soft. And what I meant by that, Joe Biden put out a statement saying he was pulling all his negative ads about Trump. I don't think he should. I think he, and the thing is, his ads aren't really negative. They're using his own words against him. So if it's a negative ad, it's because of stuff this fool has already said and done. So I personally think Democrats are way too soft. We always have to take the high road, and sometimes you have to meet them where they are. That's my opinion. My mom, she's the sweetest. She's like, no, sweetheart, you have to. We have to be bigger than that because then you're just like them. Well, sometimes you have to be. Sometimes you have to meet people where they are. And if that's being honest, I'm not saying to lie, deceit, or cheat. But if he said negative things, use those negative things against him because they're his own words. That's just that's all I'm saying. I think Democrats are way too soft and. Again, I'm not saying play dirty. I'm saying play evenly. Because they continue to get away with everything. Everything that they've done over the past four years, uh, a lot of it has been dirty, underhanded tactics. And I'm saying just play even. You don't have to play dirty just to get your points across. Use their words against them. And even with that said, I saw Lindsey Graham. I can't stand him. Uh, his debate against his opponent last night, I just saw a 
portion of it, but Lindsey Graham is such a tool. Uh, it's funny how when you ask him a direct question about quotes, because it came up about his uh, the Supreme Court nomination thing and how he was so opposed uh, against Obama nominating a Supreme Court justice. And he even said, then, use my words against me. Well, they used his words against him. And he tried to deflect and start talking about, oh, it's a liberal plot to uh, make you have an abortion and all this other stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. And the way people throw the words liberal around and socialist around as if it's a bad thing, it's ridiculous. And to some people, it is a bad thing. But I find it interesting that the government always uses socialism to bail out capitalism. So that's exactly what happened earlier this year with the uh, coronavirus uh, relief packages for corporations. That's what happened with the auto industry. They needed a bailout. That's socialism. So I think a lot of people don't even understand what actual socialism is. And that goes back to people not being educated and just listening to somebody spout out um, talking points. So that's why it's very important for people to think for themselves, do their own research, and stop just listening to people and believing them and jumping on bandwagons. You have to gain knowledge for yourself. Uh, but there was a picture taken, a couple of pictures released uh, from Walter Reed Hospital of this dude sitting at a desk, once again with no mask on, signing blank pieces of paper and then with the headlines of him hard at work and all this stuff. Man, get out of here with that. You know, it's, I'm just tired. Uh-uh. I'll be glad when this circus and madhouse is over with. I do think it's going to get worse before it gets better, but I think this is the country's getting exactly what we deserve because there were, I think, 30% of the eligible voters did not vote last time, and a lot of people ended up not voting over this lie about Hillary's emails and stuff like that. Uh, we get, we, this is exactly what we deserve as a country. And I think it's long overdue, but there's some reckoning coming with this country, and it's about time. So my feeling is whatever happens, it happens. It's meant to be. Either way, it's meant to be. Um, But it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, So the Breonna Taylor case, more information has come out about that than Daniel Cameron. And what an asshole he is. Um, it has been released that he did not even have murder or manslaughter as an option for the grand jury to consider. And when interviewed after the jury's decision, uh, he basically blamed them and said they didn't feel uh, murder charges or manslaughter charges were warranted. So they went, they had presented all of the information to the grand jury. And, you know, they came up with the uh, wanton endangerment or whatever it was. Basically, him shooting at a wall. They came up with that. And that's a direct lie. And I'm grateful to the grand jury members who fought to have those uh, transcripts and tapes released. And apparently the tapes showed them asking very good detailed questions. And they were 
the responses were, you know, we'll get back to you or, you know, you don't need to worry about that. I think just based on what I'm reading, uh, the grand jury probably would have had a different decision if they were giving more options as charges uh, to consider. But this is going to be an ever-evolving uh, situation, so I think we're, um, we have a ways to go before this is actually completed, but Daniel Cameron has proven to be a liar and unfit for his job. I hope he's voted out or fired. Um, but he's just a good old boy doing what his his superiors want him to do. And I fought him for a lot of the unrest because prior to the grand jury's decision, he ordered uh, a curfew. He ordered like the downtown areas to board up that building and stuff like that. And generally, you don't know what's going to happen in the outcome of a grand jury, or you're not supposed to know. But he knew that there weren't going to be any murder charges because he never expected them to consider that. So he had an idea of what was going to happen. So I'm just not a fan of this dude. Uh, I hope he gets charged. I hope there's a second grand jury and they can review the case uh, honestly and openly. And based on what I'm reading, the grand jury you know, they came to the verdict, the only verdict they were able to come up with, or the only charges, rather, because that's all that was presented to them. Uh, and I want to talk about the importance of just taking each day and living in the moment, because I have a friend who's, she's literally dying, and her body is deteriorating every day. Um, and we're not sure how much longer she's going to be here. And she is, I'm not even sure if she's even 40 years old yet, but it's a difficult situation because we are pretty good friends. Um, I care about her a lot, and I've you know, helped her out a couple of times with because she's losing her eyesight so she can't drive, and I've taken her a couple of places she needs to go. And... Um, it's hard knowing someone who's trying to accept the inevitable. And my cousin passed away a few weeks ago. My grandfather passed away this year. And just seeing, um, you know, all of these people that are dying from COVID and things like that. It's, it's just, it's important to live your life uh, and I can't imagine how she must feel uh, trying to mentally prepare to not be here. And of course, we're all going to die at some point. But to know that might be sooner rather than later, I can't even imagine what that's like. Um, but that's why it's important. That's why I try to keep you know, a close relationship with my family, a close relationship with my friends and you know, that's why I would travel when I could because you just don't know tomorrow's not promised and we're not guaranteed another day. So if you have any grudges or anything like that, man, let that stuff go or try to resolve it um, with people personally. I don't hold any grudges. I mean, if someone has done me wrong, that's fine. I just move on with my life and just let it go. Um, it's not worth holding on to that anger. And 
No, it's just important to live your life. I mean, that's really the only thing I can say about it. Um, and this week's verbal middle finger is, it goes to the governor of my state, Texas, Greg Abbott. And the reason Greg Abbott is getting this verbal middle finger is because he has decided to close, um, he has ordered that mail-in voting drop-off boxes be reduced and saying that each county can only have one drop-off box. So, for example, Harris County, which is near Houston, has 4.5 million uh, mostly Democratic voters stretching across 2,000 square miles. They will only have one drop-off point. So that's basically voter suppression. Uh, You're trying to make it harder. And I think Harris County originally had 11 different sites. Um, And now they're only going to have one. And this is another reason why I encourage people to, if you can vote in person, vote in person. Because these things will continue to happen. And we see it time after time for primaries, for midterms, uh, in mostly minority communities. They close a lot of the polling places. Uh, to make it harder for people of color and minorities to vote. Uh, We saw it during the midterms, and you should not have to stay in line for seven hours to vote. In my opinion, they should have more voting places if you truly want everyone to vote. But you see this in Democratic, I mean, in Republican-run states, voter suppression. They do it in Florida all the time. They've done it in Georgia. Uh, They're doing it here in Texas. And this is why the conversation I was having with my mom is as far as we have to meet them where they are because of stuff like this, because of the voter suppression and and all of that stuff. I mean, my parents taught me to do the right thing. And when you constantly see people not doing the right thing, at some point, you know, I know the Bible says turn your other cheek, but you only have two cheeks. So after you turn that sack when they do something or that, what do you do then? Um, so that's why I'm just saying you have to meet people where they are. And that's why Greg Abbott is giving the verbal middle finger because he is trying to suppress the vote. Um, and it makes no sense. So Greg Abbott, middle finger to you because you deserve it. Uh, and my closing remark for this week is make sure you give the same compassion you seek. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So that's it for this week. I appreciate you listening. God bless you. Till next time. Peace.